Hey, welcome back to the Pick Rep. We are on day, uh, I don't know, four or five. We're not even going to call out the days anymore. I got my co-host, Amelia. And uh, we, have, we have a special guest tonight. I also have a co-host, Kevin Sullivan, from 21 Gun Podcast, the official podcast of the Reverend Warriors. And tonight, Mike is running a little late because what happens is that um, we're in Eastern Time and Mike is on Central Time. And I am just a... Uh, a grunt type guy and i'm not really good at this whole time thing and i forgot to tell him that it was eastern time so i'm gonna bring mike i mean uh kevin on right now and then mike will join us very shortly hey what's there happening he is. What's hey where, up, where, brother? where are you going live right now because i'm trying to tweet it out like as you were doing that i'm okay, like oh, we... hope he doesn't come to me yet <laughs> yeah we're live on youtube uh twitter okay. at twitter at dr jason piccolo we're on Facebook at official Jason Piccolo and my personal page, Jason Piccolo. YouTube, okay. just uh, Google our search bar, Jason Piccolo. So awesome. anywhere you can find Jason Piccolo, you should be able to find one live stream right now. That's and feel so free to tell everybody, hey, if you want to if you want to ask questions, we have a question bar or everything, man. Sure. Absolutely. I um, hold on. I'm just going to tweet that out real quick. Nothing like doing stuff live i love the stream yard man i i picked too, it up man. finally i did my first um live show and Ooh. what's what's nice about it and i think it's pretty cool what's going on lately is everyone's stuck in their houses and the creative juices are flowing i've seen so many people going live and bringing in other people and it's just it's it's freaking awesome and uh yeah so i tried i tried your uh stream yard here and it's it's the best i'm never going back to anything else Whoa, I just saw a uh, a former Navy SEAL pop in the bottom here, so we're going to pull him on board here. Yo, there yo. he is. Hey, uh, give me one second. Are you live right now? We're live, brother. Live is where it's at, man. That's, okay, that's well, the new... Live is the know, new pre-recorded. One thing, <laughs> one thing about life is we like, to, we like to just kind of pull Mike off the stream there real quick because uh, <laughs> we don't want to make him feel bad. But yeah, man, live is better than pre-recorded because we can catch life's special moments. So, Em, what are you reading tonight, babe? Em is still reading Max's story. And what page are you on tonight, honey? Hold on, let me, uh, we got to interview my daughter first. Amelia, the co-host. What page are you on? 45. What's the book about? A dog. <laughs> A dog. That's great because we have Mike on tonight. Oh, yeah, that's perfect. Yeah. Are you going to ask Mike some questions later? Mm-hmm. Are you trying again? No. <laughs> She's getting a little bit better at the, the not being shy. And Kevin, this is live, man. I see you. I see I'm you here. I'm there. here. I'm trying to change that light around there. It's not working too well, but whatever. It's what we do. Here we go. Brother. Here we go. Nice. Mike, give me I a thumbs up sure when you're the... ready, brother. Oh, Mike is ready. Boom. Mike, we got some questions for you from Amelia tonight. She's reading uh, a book about dogs, so it's, it's this is all dogs all day. What's going on, brother? How you doing, man? Good. How are you guys? We're doing good, man. Good as can be. Pretty good. Yeah, getting cooped up. Mike, do you know Kevin? I don't. Have you met Kevin before? We actually, uh, Kevin, yeah, you. Uh, I'm sure. I mean, you interview a lot of people, but you were on. I do the 21 Gun podcast for um, Reverend Warriors, and it was probably I don't know five or six months ago. Uh, we did a. Uh, interview. Don't I, don't I feel like an asshole? Yeah, yeah. it's all right. I, th- I figured I'll, I'll just call you out. <laughs> yeah, 
<laughs> I, I apologize. I, I guess if I remember correct, that one wasn't via video. You don't look familiar. No, it wasn't via video. Yeah. Dude, you were in my wedding. Yeah. <laughs> you dated my night. sister for three years, man. Well, in, in my defense, no, I won't even do it. But, uh, what, are, what are you guys stepping on over there? I've got a, uh, well, you can guess. I have my Kraken. Yeah, yeah. Kevin's probably got some Pepsi or Diet Pepsi or something like that. Yeah. Uh, no, actually, I, I totally, I ran in here when I realized it was seven o'clock and I didn't bring it, but I do have a nice bottle of um, uh, uh, Buffalo Trace. For us, Buffalo Trace is really, really hard to get our hands on. Um, there's some weird like bourbon war between Kentucky or wherever Buffalo Trace is made and North Carolina. So they only release it in like every three or four months. And I happen to grab a bottle of it. So, yeah. Um, you got a uh, a big fan out there, Jason Beam. Mike, I'm a big supporter of the podcast. Rock my Redcon One Warrior Dog Foundation shirt. Hey, rock and roll. I appreciate the uh, support, Jason. It's, uh, it's, uh, it's awesome. So, brother, uh, the reason I want to have you on tonight is because we were talking, um, and you have an online dog training I do. Uh, program. And what better way to do it than right now, right? <laughs> well, yeah. You know, and that's actually something I've recommended to a lot of people. Uh, you know, given the, the fact that everybody is at home right now, uh, what better time to to spend that time being productive? I think a lot of times people I see, you know, on social media, people posting, parents posting about, you know, how they're going crazy and their their kids are driving them nuts and they don't know what to do and, and all this other stuff, which to me is a little baffling. I mean, it's no different than a Saturday or all summer or any other time you're with your kids. I mean, for me, I, I enjoy the hell out of having them here. You know, not that I... Uh, I'm happy about the circumstances with which they are uh, at home, but the fact that they're that they're here and you get to spend extra time with them, I think, is awesome. But um, at any rate, I look at the the same uh, principle as it, as it relates to dogs, and that you know now, get, given you're you're kind of relegated to your house anyway, um, you know, take that time and, and maximize that opportunity and, and spend time training uh, at home with your dog, and that's really the kind of the crux of why I started the online training program in the first place was, um, you know, I, I get a lot of messages all the time about, you know, wanting to either, uh, have their dog sent to me to train or, or have health lessons or whatever. And the reality is, is that, um, not unlike raising kids, um, a lot of raising a dog properly, uh, is more beneficial if you're doing it yourself. Um, and there's some some nuances there that I think a lot of people don't realize unless you kind of explain it and, and they think about it in depth in that, um, you know, that relationship that you have with the dog. That, that's not something that can be outsourced, just like with a spouse or children or, you know, a coach with athletes, whatever is that. Uh, and I would say even especially so with a dog because you can't explain anything to them. So uh, given that. Um, you know, it's, it's a, an opportune time. I mean, I'm almost four years into having an online training program. And, and so it's certainly nothing new on my end, but, uh, going back to, you know, almost four years ago, that's, you know, again, that's really why, why I started it in the first place is so people can do it, you know, at the comfort of their own home at their own pace by themselves or, or do it personally so that it has a little bit more of a lasting impact on the dog. I'm glad you said that because uh, right now is a perfect time, especially, and I, I shouldn't say, I mean, we all hate the situation. That's, that's a given, but now that your kids are home and my kids are home, I got M here and I got Johnny's 11. Uh, this would be a perfect time that we could actually get together with the dogs. I have a, 
a crazy chihuahua something mix and i got a tring walker coon hunter both batshit crazy and uh i just haven't done i haven't done my due diligence to yeah. train them and i keep looking at your program i keep saying well i don't have time for it but you know what now i do <laughs> so but, once yeah, we get off the show for tonight man yeah i mean to me it's one of those things it's kind of like you know saying you don't have time to shoot or work out or yeah you know, you know whatever i mean to me if, if you're gonna have a dog um you know it's not about having the time it's about making it you know uh, mm -hmm. and, and so it may surprise some people i mean it's not uncommon for me to uh, actually recommend people not get a dog when you know when they come to me like oh here's my situation and here's how much time i have and you know what what type of breed do you think i should get or whatever and, and you know to me it's well it's no breed like if you don't have the time to to put into it no different than kids or anything else is that, that it's better to just not do it or not have one than to half-ass it uh, because nobody wins then you know then the, the dog is is neurotic i mean dogs that, that display neurotic uh, anxious ridden you know bordering on psychopathic behaviors in your house uh, you know that's not normal uh, and the reason that that happens is because there's there's no direction, you know, and again, like if there's one thing that you take away from this is that is that you can't explain anything to them. Right. Dogs understand what what is shown to them, the environment that they're in, you know, what what you do and, and how you interact with them uh, and whether or not you're consistent, whether or not you set boundaries, whether or not you uh, communicate properly, nonverbally and then through, you know, body language, et cetera. Uh, you know, if, if you're not doing all those things, then, then dogs are confused, you know, and, and no different than, you know, any other aspect of your life when you're confused, you know, that, that's a shitty spot to be in. And, and especially when, again, you can't work things out through verbal language skills the way we do uh, when we're confused. Uh, you know, that's, that's a, a rough way to go through life, you know. And so most times when you see these dogs that, uh, you know, are resource guarding or, you know, what, what most people mistake as dominance, is really more of a, of a power vacuum in your house and, and a lack of leadership and a lack of consistency. You know, and when you have that, that's when dogs are, are a total pain in the ass, um, you know, and, and they, because they don't understand what's expected of them. It's, it's not that, you know, oh, they know better and they're just defying me. Most times that's not the case. It's just, you know, we as the humans have done a poor job at, at communicating what our expectations are and the dogs just don't know. Do yeah, dogs... Oh, go ahead, Kim. Sorry, I was going to say, do they, is it just a myth that they, uh, everyone always seems to say, oh, my dog is a member of my pack and they see me as the alpha and my wife and blah, blah, blah. Does the dog actually do that? Or, or how is the dog responding to the, the dynamics of a home? Yeah. I mean, you know, without sounding like a smart ass, your guess is as good as mine, right? I mean, I'm not yeah. a dog. I, I don't, I don't know. <laughs> you know, I mean, I, I can anthropomorphize the same way anybody else can. Uh, however, I would say that, you know, I think where most people make a mistake is, is, is again, is just viewing things from the human perspective in that way. And, and you know, the term alpha gets thrown around, I think, uh, more than it probably should, the same way dominant does. Um, you know, and, and to me, it's, it's really not about being alpha any more than, than being, uh, you know, a father is about being alpha. Yes, there are some elements where uh, displaying leadership comes with, you know, handing out consequences or protecting, uh, you know, in dangerous environments, you know, things that, that would lend themselves to that quote unquote alpha title. Uh, you know, however, from my perspective, and this is with most dogs, unless a dog is truly dominant, which almost none of them are, 
you know, dogs as a, as a domesticated breed are, are inherently not dominant. Uh, and I can count on one hand the amount of dogs that were truly dominant, that no matter what room they were in, no matter who they were around, they, they felt the need and took it upon themselves to display, you know, this is my house and these are my resources and, and I will fight you for everything. Uh, th those are, are very, very rare uh, examples within any breed uh, or characteristic that, that really exists. So to your question, um, to me, it's, it's really more about being consistent and being dependable. You know, again, no, no different than with kids. Like if your kids are just scared to death of you, because you you feel the need to, to be alpha in every instance, you know, that, that's not a positive learning environment for them, you know, and, and so with a dog, it's the same thing, like you don't need to uh, enact dominance on dogs, what you need to do is be fucking dependable, just like with your kids is that if you say, hey, I'm going to do this is they, they need to know that that's what's going to happen. And so with dogs, it's showing them that through you know, feeding them at a certain time and, and, and setting boundaries and communicating, reinforcing, uh, shaping the desirable behaviors that we want uh, and extinguishing the undesirable ones that we want. But it all really comes down to, to repetition, reinforcement, consistency, and being dependable. And so uh, to me, I think if you look at it more like that, no different than starting a business or becoming a better shot or a better uh, grappler or a better chef or, or whatever, uh, it's really about practice, experience, uh, consistency, repetition, and just drilling it over and over and over. And that's really the key to success with 99% of the dogs out there. Well, and I think that's kind of where you step above. And I'm not, I'm not putting any uh, credos on any or giving any bad vibes at any other trainers out there. But the thing is, you've been a trainer, not only for dogs, but for humans, and uh, you've been in a, in a primarily alpha position throughout most of your, your your adult life. So this is a great program, man. And it's online. And and unlike, and I'm, I'm really not giving a commercial out here because I really do believe in this. Um, but it's, it's, it's a good program, man. And it's, it's not, it's not expensive. And what a lot of people don't realize it's you're getting direct contact with you, man. Yeah. It's so good. You're not following it. Right. <laughs> I'm getting there, brother. I'm uh, getting there. Uh, and I'm doing it tonight. And yeah. that's the thing is uh it took me a while to actually get to that point where I'm like, I've been in a in, I've been practicing a shooting, I've been practicing writing books and doing all this other stuff. But the key points in my life are these two awesome dogs that I have that I've been neglecting. Hey, how old are they, dogs? Jason? The dogs or the kids? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Which the ones are you doing uh, here? <laughs> I'm just kidding. Yeah, that, no, the I dogs. don't know. Uh, Sydney's probably like seven or eight. She's a rescue. I've had her for a couple probably. of years. Stella's, uh, I think, six or seven. She's a rescue too. And okay, uh, she has a lot of anxiety. But there's a lot of things that I need to to get on the ball with, man. Does age yeah, sure. matter? Uh, I mean, other than once they're mature, not really. Uh, the only exception I would make is is if age is contributing to some sort of medical um, particular that's preventing you from doing things a certain way. But, you know, again, that's fairly rare. Uh, you know, when it comes to a really young dog, it matters. And, that you know, again, just like with young children is that, you know, their attention span is shorter. Uh, the amount of kind of... Uh, you know, stimulation and, and presence that you want to have needs to be throttled back some. You don't want to be overbearing and, and be too much for the dog and make it a negative experience. But, you know, again, they're all different too. I mean, there's certain dogs that at, at four or five years old, 
uh, it, you've got to be real careful about how you interact with them because they're really soft and, and uh, you know, maybe have really thin nerves and they're just genetically maybe on the lower end of the spectrum from a working standpoint. And so they're just, they're, you got to use kid gloves with them a little more, not coddle them, but just, you know, be, be mindful of being too overbearing. And then there's other dogs where, you know, you got to kind of get in their ass a little bit, uh, just to even get them to pay attention, you know, and, and everything in between. And so, you know, just like with people, the individual is going to generally dictate how you go about uh, certain aspects while there are certain aspects that are that are pretty um you know paralleled and constant when it comes to again just the reinforcement component is that just like with people is you're finding out what uh, motivates that dog with some dogs it's affection some dogs it's food some dogs it's reward objects you know tennis ball a kong ball a tug a ball on a string whatever some dogs it's it's the uh the removal of certain stimulus you know they may really dislike close contact with most people. And so, you know, just backing off of them may be a reward in, in certain instances. So, um, you know, it's important to, to read, looks <coughs> like I need to get tested. It's important to read, uh, you know, read the dog and understand, you know, what's making them comfortable, not comfortable, what they're driven for, what they're motivated by, and then using that to your advantage by setting up the environment so that uh, the dog is, is easily making the decisions that you want them to make. Uh, you know, it's really just an exercise in conditioning the same way boot camps or, uh, you know, military, uh, or I'm sorry, police, law enforcement, academies, things of that nature, is that, uh, you know, you're doing these things over and over and over and over and you're in this, you know, hyper controlled environment so that it just conditions you to, to be a certain way and understand what the expectations are. And so with a dog, it's, it's very, it works very similarly that way, uh, but you're using, you know, mostly positive reinforcement and in, in, in terms of your techniques so that you're giving the dog a, a good reason to do the right thing as opposed to always focusing on giving them a, a bad reason or a punishment a compulsive uh, type of technique to uh, avoid doing the the undesirable or wrong thing but that's awesome brother now uh let me get up a link before we forget uh, where we at here where can we find it at mike so the online training is teamdog.pet, which, uh, uh, you know, so in terms of your point to the interaction, there's a host of different videos on there. There is, uh, there's, you know, some foundation stuff. There are uh, advanced, uh, there's behavioral modification. There are, you know, some puppy stuff. Um, and that's kind of the general gist of it is that there's different sections and, and different videos you can watch depending on kind of where you're at. And then I've got all my products available on there as well. I've got a collar and a leash. Uh, I've got CBD oil. I've got treats. I've got a dog crate uh, that are all, you know, Trichos branded, you know, specific to Trichos products that, uh, that I've either developed or co-developed with, uh, with a manufacturer. So, uh, and then every Monday morning I get into the forums. I just like I did this morning, uh, I go into the forums uh, and I answer questions. I interact with people. So sometimes, you know, folks may be, Maybe they're having an issue with a certain specific skill set and they'll post a video. I'll watch it uh, and give them feedback. So uh, I do interact with uh, with members that ask questions. And the other thing, too, at this point, there's there's almost no question that hasn't been asked. Uh, it's pretty rare that, that somebody will come up with a question that hasn't been asked. I'll typically still answer it instead of just saying, hey, look it up, you know, search in the, in the search box or whatever. But most people, you know, can dig through the forums and find and, you know, my answer to somebody's question, that's basically the same thing. And so 
from an archive standpoint, like at this point, almost four years into it, there's a ton of really good information if you're willing to just read through some of the forums and, and have a lot of the answers to, uh, to most people's questions anyway. But, uh, you know, even still, I'll, I'll still get in there and, and interact with people and, and kind of give them my, my take on what their question is. So, I'm glad you brought up CBD oil. Um, why? I mean, I, I, I mean, obviously, it's, what do you think is for anxiety or well, and for dogs? Because yeah, it's, there's okay. two main things. One is is behavioral issues, primarily with either anxiety, whether it's the separation type or just environmental anxiety. Um, you know, it's it's good at taking the edge off of that. Uh, is it a, a miracle elixir that's going to take a dog that? you know, bites itself. It's so panic frenzied when, uh, when it's not around its owner, not necessarily, but I've seen some pretty remarkable stuff with it. Uh, GI issues, uh, some dogs that have had some, some issues with uh, digestion and things of that nature, switching food in conjunction with going on CBD oil kind of helps repair a lot of the stomach lining and, uh, and just seems to relax a lot of the, the muscle tissue that, that, uh, can tend to cause problems. Uh, and then probably the, the biggest, reason I see people use it and, and the most feedback we get is just uh, from a mobility standpoint, primarily with joints, arthritis, et cetera, where uh, dogs, as they get older, you know, tend to have, uh, whether it's hip or elbow or spine issues, um, you know, the CBD oil really helping similarly with, with people, you know, pain relief, anxiety, helping better sleep, kind of balancing out their, their mental space a little bit. Uh, but it's really, you know, to me, there's, there's three components just like with people is that, you know, you've got to exercise and that's both physical and mental, you know, so mental stimulation, physical exercise, proper nutrition, uh, and that all encompassing with getting outside, getting sunlight, uh, you know, and, and fresh air and, and not being cooped up all day long. If you throw those, those four things, uh, at a dog and, and really focus on, on implementing those uh, those countermeasures, you'd be amazed at, at how many of your behavioral problems uh, go away just in balancing the dog's, you know, overall, uh, you know, primary needs, you know, and making sure that they're met. It, it makes a huge difference. Again, just like with people, I mean, if you eat MREs, never go outside, don't work out and, and uh, you know, have no mental, you know, stimulation or engagement with anybody, like you're going to lose your mind also. Uh, you know, and so when people, you know, a big mistake that they make is they think, well, it's just training. Well, training plays a big role, but it's not just training. It's, it's all of those other things. And that, you know, just like in every other aspect of your life, you want to set yourself up for success and you want to stack the deck in your favor. You know, if my goal is to get in the best shape of my life, but, you know, I'm getting four hours of sleep a night and I'm living off of Butterfinger bars, uh, that's going to be really hard to get in, in really good shape and be healthy. You know, but if I eat super clean and, and get, you know, nine hours of sleep in a, in a pitch, pitch black, super quiet room and, you know, I, I remove a lot of the stressors in my life, et cetera, uh, you know, that that's going to help me reach my goal much, much faster and, and easier and more economically. So no different with dogs is that if all you're doing is, you know, you're taking a dog out that's nutritionally deficient, that's not been outside, that's not been physically engaged with, that's not been mentally engaged with, and now I'm going to go try to do some training sessions, like you're, you're going to have your hands full and that dog's probably not going to be paying attention. He's going to be spastic. He's going to be all over the place. Uh, and so that's, that's a big thing to consider is that, you know, there's, there's several other pieces to that, to that puzzle that need to be in place before uh, you're really maximizing your time training. And if, if you're going to put the time in to train, like, 
you might as well get the most bang for your buck. They did a study where, uh, uh, so I work in medicine and I, uh, you know, anytime something comes out like CBD oil or anything, I, I look at all the studies, as many studies as I can, because before I tell someone to do something, I want to make sure I'm not giving them liver cancer or something like that. There was a study uh, that I read just recently about grounding yourself in the earth. And I was like, come on, right? I, I, I didn't think anything of it until I read the story. And there were things like anxiety, sleep, uh, or, or insomnia issues, joint pains, things like that, where people were told to go outside in the dirt barefoot for 20 minutes a day. And they, and they placeboed it with, uh, there, it was kind of an elegant sort of uh, study that they did, but the people that actually grounded with the earth did a lot better. They had better, uh, I don't know what it was quality of life scores or something like that, but there is something to it. I know that's kind of a far out way of saying there is something to getting back to the roots of being the animal that you are, whether it's a dog or I don't know, I don't have cats, but I assume cats, humans, whatever. It's what you put in your body. It's how you move. It's the sun that you're getting. It's the nutrition that you're eating. I mean, that's what it comes down to. No, it, it's all of it. And, and CBD, I mean, one of the nice things about dogs and, you know, having a, a kennel full of retired police, military, you know, federal, state, local law enforcement type dogs is that number one is that if you give them CBD oil or SSRIs or whatever you're giving them, they have no idea that they're taking them, yeah. uh, you know, and, and so it's, there is no placebo effect with it, with a dog and that it's, it's very tangible and very quantifiable whether that works or not. And then I would say about 85% of, of dogs that I have administered CBD oil for whatever problem I was trying to address, I saw noticeable improvements. Does it work on every dog I've ever given it to? No, but I would say overwhelmingly most of the time it does. Uh, you know, some impacts, you know, greater than others. Uh, to your point with the, you know, the grounding and everything else, you know, at the end of the day, we're all, we're all still animals. Uh, you know, and, and the, the sedentary lifestyle that we're living right now is, is not normal. You know, just like a dog living in a house, uh, you know, laying around on a couch isn't normal, you know. And so you, you do have to make some accommodations to, uh, you know, fulfill the, uh, the, the inner animal in both you and your dog and, and satisfy some of those, uh, you know, animal requirements that, uh, that just frankly have to be there for, for you to, to be healthy and, and complete. How are you holding up, brother? How's it going out there in Texas? Oh, it's good. I mean, you know, the funny thing is that I've noticed, uh, this is obviously just, you know, kind of my observation, but it, it seems like the more panicky people are, the more it's just kind of blatantly apparent that they don't have their shit together. Uh, you know, my life is, is largely unchanged. Uh, I mean, other than, yeah. you know, now granted, I, I have the, I'll call it a luxury of working from home primarily. Um, you know, my, my business is, I would say not, not affected negatively whatsoever. I mean, it's, it's completely unaffected that way. My day-to-day -day routine is largely unaffected. Um, you know, I, I have a gym in my garage that I use, uh, because I don't like going to gyms for a number of reasons, not, not cleanliness necessarily being the, the main driver, but, um, you know, so I'm still working out the same way that I was. Uh, you know, I keep a fair bit of both dog food and human food on, on hand. I'm not a, a prepper, uh, necessarily, but I, I keep, you know, a fair bit of meat and, and, uh, you know, different things that I eat on hand, uh, and same with the dog. So, uh, it hasn't been, you know, really difficult for me to source what I've needed to in that regard. Um, you know, and so for me, I, I just kind of look around, I'm like, 
am I apathetic to what's going on? Am I prepared? Are you guys freaking out unnecessarily? Uh, it's not that I don't, you know, take it serious or, or think that it's a problem. I, I get that it is. Um, I just, you know, again, I, I think, you know, panicking and, and going overboard the way so many people are uh, is not only counterproductive. I mean, it's, it's dangerous, you know, and, it, and it's causing bigger problems than the actual virus itself, uh, you know, and, and a host of other things. So to answer your question, I'm doing fantastic. And, uh, you know, things are, are pretty normal here, but. Now, if there's any questions out there on the in interwebs, feel free to post them. Um, but I have, uh, Sully, you got any questions? No, I'm just trying to uh, make sense of this whole thing. I mean, it's it's like here I am on the front lines in medicine and people are asking me questions and they're like, what do you think? You know, should they shut this down? And and I, I always say I'm in the room. I'm not I'm so far from the smartest person in the room, but I am in the room with a lot of smart people and everyone's saying the same thing. <clears throat> I don't know. You know, you have some people that are on one end saying it's the government and they're, you know, putting their tinfoil hats on and the other side that says it's the media that's trying to run this whole thing. And there's me in the middle that says, I don't know. I mean, right now it looks like it's a 1.3, 1.2% mortality rate and it's spreading pretty easily. And if you do the math on that, even if we, you know, bring the numbers down to 20 million or a hundred million, uh, less than a third of the country gets infected with this. We're, we're going to have a mass, mass casualty, uh, situation. So, I mean, it, I don't know. I mean, do you take it seriously? Do you not take it seriously? Do you discount the 1 million elderly people that could die? I mean, no, I, I don't know. I, it's, it's a big question mark. Yeah. I mean, to me, the, the thing is, I guess, on a broad spectrum is that, you know, you're, you're right. Like when you do the math, like, does that potential exist? Sure, it does. I guess the thing that that confuses me about the whole thing is that, you know, I, I look at it from the standpoint of, you know, the shutting down and, and you know, the flattening of the curve, et cetera. To me, that's that's temporary. Uh, yeah. in, unless you're willing to, to put the uh, provisions in place that we've put in and, and leave them in place until you know you, you can trickle this into our society at the rate that it has been and, and no faster which would take you know do the math on that i mean months at a minimum probably a year year and a half two years i, mean, I don't know it take forever you know and, and to me so i look at it from the standpoint of that at, at that point you know now it, it, it almost doesn't really matter because your, your economy is so broken to where you know now you have a, a medical system that's relying on on a a certain level of, of success GDP and economy wise to where now it's not there. And so, you know, all of these government funded fill in the blanks, they're not government funded because there's no economy to back that up. And so while I get the severity of it, I think like on one hand, you've got, uh, you know, you've got the, the problem is numbers people on, on the medical side, people are thinking just numbers in terms of, of how to, to flatten whatever and, and, and get that rate of mortality down and, and keep everybody from being infected as long as possible or as slow as possible without taking into consideration the other end of the spectrum where you've got, you know, entrepreneurs, business minded folks that are just thinking about numbers financially, economically, et cetera. And so, you know, it's got to meet somewhere in the middle. And, and the, I think that's the big problem is figuring out where, where those lines intersect to, to determine, you know, what, what makes the most sense. But, uh, you know, at the risk of sounding callous, I just, you know, I don't know that you can 
you can shut things down long enough for it to really matter. I've, I've heard an analogy, you know, if, if you think you're going to get in a fight or, or be in combat with somebody or whatever, and you're, you know, would you rather have, you know, 20 minutes heads up or two weeks heads up or a month or two months or whatever. And, and to me, like, if you're talking about a fight, you know, like if you suck at fighting, which is essentially what it sounds like, you know, we suck at being prepared for a, a, a nationwide alarming pandemic of this magnitude two weeks, you know, no different than if you take somebody that has never fought in their life, like two weeks, isn't going to make them Conor McGregor. Like they're just going to have two weeks of anxiety about getting the shit beat out of them, you know? And, and so to me, there's an element of that, that I can see that, uh, you know, that in essence, it, it's just, it's crippling us more than it needs to economically. And, and I feel like, you know, the end state is essentially going to be the same, whether it's now two weeks from now, two months from now, eight months from now, you know, barring some, you know, miracle drug mixture, this antiviral thing that's supposed to, to pop in New York tomorrow to, to see whether or not the, this anti-malarial medication will, will do the trick. I mean, if something like that came out, I think, uh, you know, I think everything would be just fine and, and we'd recover. Without something like that, to me, it's, it's delaying the inevitable and, and also weakening an economy that's going to be necessary to be able to support all of the different things that need to be in place for uh, for government dependence on funding for for all of this stuff. I mean, if you have all of these people in in medical uh, care, you know, and, and let's say two months from now we're far better suited. Well, who's paying for that? You know, yeah. because insurance companies aren't going to pay for it. They're all going to go bankrupt if there's that many people in there. So, I mean, to me, it's it's like the the lesser of two evils. And so, to me you know, cash being king and the economy being such a driving force in national defense and medical technology and in, in every aspect of our life, you know, to me, you, you've got to look at it that way to a certain extent uh, in that the, 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 the ability for the economy to, to flourish and function, at least, you know, in the, in the black, uh, you know, is really, really important. You know, it's not that people's lives aren't, but, you know, for, for all of these other things to be able to take place, you have to have a strong economy or none of them are going to work. So uh, I'm not saying, you know, I have all the answers, but to me, like, you, you've got to be thinking of those things. And I think most medical professionals aren't really, you know, throwing that into the equation at all. They're looking at purely at, at the data the same way, say, a college economics professor has never run a, a fucking business in his life, but is going to tell you, you know, how, how to be successful, you know? So I, I think there's an element uh, of that at play. That makes, well, that makes a lot one, of sense. Sorry, yeah. go ahead. No, I was going to say, and that's, and that's the thing is this is unprecedented. So we don't really know. And you can't just look at numbers. Yeah. I mean, so, uh, and the one thing yeah. you can, you can guarantee is that if we're in a, a depression, everybody's screwed. You know, whether you have the virus or not, you know, the medical community is screwed, national defense is screwed. You know, I mean, that, that, that's a reality is that you that'll know, kill people in and of itself. Absolutely. It okay. This is, this is our daily dose of positive. Everybody. You gotta be realistic. I mean, you know. oh, I know brother. I know, man. And that's the thing is that that's a great thing about having shows like this and actually talking to people, man. And I, I have to stay away from the news. Yeah. Oh yeah, you know, that's why I wanted. To, I want to see more. Uh, I want to see more podcasts pop up. I want to see more people talking real. Yeah. And uh, I want to see. I want to see people talking about their family, their kids, their dogs, or whatever. And that's kind of one of the reasons. Hey, start a show, man. Uh, the Mike Drop Podcast, brother. 
Uh, do you have any episodes in a pipe that were were pre COVID? I do. Yeah, I do. Right. I've got. Uh, so I just released one with Mike Day here uh, on this past Friday that uh, it's resonated really well. He's got a hell of a story, and then I've got three Mike others that Day, are, man. Yeah, I've got three others that are already recorded um, that uh, that are coming out here. You know, we'll probably stagger them a little bit instead of releasing them too too soon and too uh, you know condensed so that we have some uh, some sustained listening material <laughs> during this time. <laughs> but, uh oh, there it is, man. Yeah, there it is, oh, man. Mike, man, it was awesome. I'm glad it. <laughs> we got one of the last episodes with Mike Ritland, people, right here, and you're seeing it live. <laughs> that Mike Day interview is awesome, man. I just started it. Yeah, he, um, yeah he's got. Yeah, like I said, I mean, his story is is incredible. I mean, you know, shot 27 times, uh, about half of which were in his body armor, and the rest, I mean, in his. All, all through his arms and chest, his legs. His, and he got shot through his sack. He got shot twice in the ass. Yeah. Uh, you know, he's just, and, and when he came into this room, there were four, four insurgents and he was shot with AK with, you know, U.S. military 556 green tip, nine yeah. mil, uh, you know, and, and managed to kill all four of, of the uh, assaulters and, and walked to the, uh, to the medevac helicopter, you know, so it's just a uh, crazy, crazy story. I mean, he was awarded the Navy cross for it, but, you know, which the only thing higher is a, is a medal of honor. So uh, it, it is one hell of a story. Yeah. Yeah. I met him at shop, man. Uh, yeah. He's, he's incredible. Super, man. super soft-spoken, humble guy. And, uh, you know, and if Sig's out there, Sig sponsored this guy, man. Oh, no, yeah. I mean, I, to me, it's, I don't know how they haven't yet already, you know, but so uh, Mike's uh, Mike's dig was shot through the grip. Yeah. So uh, I have I had the best time of the night. Um, Amelia's not mic'd up, so she doesn't know what's going on. Here's her little headphones, so you guys can talk anything you want. But we're going to plug her in, and she's going to ask her a question. You ready, babe? There we go. Throw that sucker in your ear. Come on, get to it, girl. You got all night. Mike's got things to do. <laughs> Um, if you could go back in time, what would you change? And that's not like with COVID or, you know, anything like that. Um, I mean, my first answer would be I would change the uh, numbers I picked for the big lottery. That would be first. And, uh, and beyond that, you know, then you can change quite a bit. No, the, uh, I, I really don't have any things I would change. Uh, you know, I, I know that may seem uh you know cliched or like that maybe that's what everybody says but I, i've always tried to live my life uh looking at everything as as either a success or a learning experience you know and, and i would not be who i am or where i'm at or uh you know gained the we'll call it wisdom that you know that i have gained by making some you know at the time probably less than desirable decisions or, or just bad decisions so, you know, to me, it's important to, to do your best to live a life not having regrets. Uh, and I really don't. So there, there really isn't anything I would change, at least in terms of the decisions that I've made uh, over the years, because it, it's been a lot of, a lot of lessons learned. And, uh, and I feel like I've gotten quite a bit out of it. Do you have anything else you want to ask? Yeah. Oh, she's got something to answer. <laughs> um. How many dogs do you have? So right now I've got 25 retired dogs. Uh, and then I've got about half a dozen dogs that you know are, are either police prospects or for personal protection or my own personal dogs. So uh, 30, 31 dogs right now. 
Wow. Yeah, it's a lot That's of dog awesome. food. Can you can you say thank you? Thank you. You're welcome. What's your favorite pizza? What's your favorite kind of pizza? Oh, grab your mic. What's your favorite kind of pizza? What's your favorite pizza? Um, cheese. Cheese. Yeah, just cheese. Maybe. I know. That's all kids' favorite pizza. I got you. I'm tracking. <laughs> oh, they don't. They don't understand yet. Throw some banana peppers on there and spice it up a little bit, will you? <laughs> Just no yeah, pineapple. For the love of God, no pineapple. <laughs> Mike, I really appreciate this, man. Uh, Sully, you got anything else, brother? I'm good. I'm good. Hang in there. Wash your hands. <laughs> yeah. Yes, wash your hands. Yeah, lick, your, lick your fingers and, I, and uh, grab everything. <laughs> and do your 21 push-ups. So, uh, hey, brother, I appreciate you coming on, man. Uh, whatever we could do, whatever we could, anything we could do, hit me up, man. I'm around. No, I appreciate and, uh, it. Thanks for being my fourth or fifth guest. I don't even know anymore, man. I so think, uh, your dogs are six or seven, five or six, and I'm the sixth or seventh guest. You just can't keep track of that. That's right, man. Dude, I don't know what's going on, man. I'm at, Play I'm those numbers. To... Play those numbers. Hold five on. I'm, I'm Dr. Jason Piccolo, but I'm not a mathematician. Not <laughs> definitely not, man. <laughs> I'm, not a, I'm definitely not a mathematician, man. And uh, – so I got to tell the quick story about my little dog. Uh, she came from Texas during from one of the last hurricanes. And they told her she was three or four and hated going outside. And she was really friendly with people. Uh, but when you look at her, man, you could tell she's like closer to 10. She's got the, the, the foggy eyes. And yeah. she's so protective, man. She's like a little chihuahua, Jack Russell, something mixed, man. But she's she is really cool, man. Yeah, the, the age Love thing. It. It's, it's always like the pit bull that's a, a lab mix. Right. Yeah. <laughs> uh -huh. get, try, try to get people to uh, to adopt them. No, it's a it's a lab greyhound uh, yeah, mix, I think. Uh, and, uh, you know, with a good. with a massive forehead. Yeah. And yeah. Two percent. Well, I fat. appreciate everybody coming on tonight, man. Uh, Soli, you can co-host. Mike, if you ever want to hop on and co-host, man, I'd appreciate it. That'd be awesome, man. Yeah. Well, you know, it's going to depend on the guest, but I'm yeah, I'm totally down. No, I'm kidding. Yeah. Yeah, I do. <laughs> I have to make sure they're Navy SEALs, man. Yeah. No, no, they can't be. It's just too many for one one show, right? That, that is absolutely <laughs> true. We'll try to find something, man. Yeah. And uh, it's on Eastern Time over here by DC, the epicenter of the zombie apocalypse. Yeah, no worries. Okay, uh, hold on, Mike. You're uh, during the the turn the current time. Yeah. What is your favorite everyday carry? Uh, Glock 43X, no, no two ways about it. I, I have a uh, a Streamlight TLR6, little. It's about 150 lumen light on it, um, and I've got like a. It's a, a Packmeyer brand, just really thin little rubber uh, hand grip. Um, it, I mean, it's you know to take the the place of like stifling or or whatever. Yeah. It doesn't doesn't it adds just a little bit of thickness, which is nice because it's you know being a subcompact or even a micro compact yeah. gun. It, uh, that works pretty well, and I carry uh, the 124 grain Federal HST uh, ammo in it. I mean, to me, that that package, you know, to have 11 rounds of, of mm -hmm. nine mil in, in that that cal uh, not just caliber, but that uh, that that round with a light and that small of a package yeah. uh, is, is really hard to beat, you know, for me. Uh, you know, and that's I started off with a 43 yeah. um, before the 43X came out, so I went to this, the 365. And I'm doing 147 grain just because uh, I don't know. I like it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, to, to me, to me, velocity is king. You know, when it when it comes yeah. to a pistol caliber, you know, 
Mm-hmm. The, the grain weight isn't enough to make a big enough difference when you're talking 800 to 1300 feet per second. You know, if you're yeah, yeah at 3000 grain rates, grain, grain weight is making a big difference. But uh, at that close to subsonic, uh, I, I'd rather get it out as fast as possible. And, and to me, you know, from a kinetic energy being dumped into the target, i.e. damage, uh, you know, that's that's playing the biggest role anyway. So uh, I, I like the lightest bullet possible. But. Uh, another reason I need to get to Texas so I can go to backyard and shoot. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, Solo, yeah. you got a you got an everyday <clears throat> carry? Uh, Glock 43. I don't have the X. Uh, I'd like to upgrade. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it's just basic carry. Um, yeah. I did recently buy the – actually, it's right here. Let me show you this little cool thing. Uh, I have the uh, – I didn't even realize it was here until I just looked over. I have the the Glock 45, yeah. and I put it in this little bad boy here. This is the uh, Ronin. This oh, yeah. is fun as hell. So what you do here – I'm going to put my mic down. <laughs> the, the, the frame sits up in there, and then you get yourself a little uh, – Get yeah. yourself a little, uh, I don't know, stabilizer brace. So much fun. So much fun to shoot that. From a, I went through from like 400 a, rounds. From a legal standpoint, is there any issues with that being considered an SBR or anything like that? No, it isn't. That's pistol um, there, No, yeah, it's considered a pistol. It's, it's got here, the stock is a stabilizer. So it's supposed to go around oh, your forearm. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So, I mean, you would never put this up to your shoulder. I mean, that would just be... Mm-mm. silly yeah. right yeah yeah. yeah and so uh, the other thing the other thing too you can't have a um a front grip on even a short barrel rifle or actually no 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 i i, I take that back the uh the pistol right your your ar pistols and stuff if you have a front grip it makes it a there's some law federal law that will uh totally make it illegal but this actually you can put an extra magazine up here and then suddenly i mean again you would never use it but suddenly have a, a little forward grip Things also. Awesome. It's, so, it's so ridiculous the different uh, rules they have versus not. Like it's just dumb. But oh, uh, and the lawyers, the fire, one day. the firearm lawyers are so. I mean, they have that so finely tuned. They know exactly what they can put in what gun and what. <laughs> it's it's awesome. That's awesome. Okay, guys, I am um, I'm out. And I really appreciate you guys coming on. And both of you guys co-hosts, I'll make sure I don't have any Navy SEALs on. And Sully, um, Air Force, I'll just make sure we have a really, you know, beautiful woman or something like that. Or, <laughs> you know, we'll talk about really good, fine dining facilities and stuff like that. That's what I like. Gentlemen, That's I really I like. appreciate it. And uh, All right, everybody, man. follow Pick Rep every night, 7 p.m. Eastern, Eastern time. Are these uh, uh, are these yeah. recorded for like if people want to come back and watch them too? Or? Yeah, they can. Um, this will be recorded on YouTube. Uh, these will directly go to YouTube, Facebook, um, both my Facebooks, and they'll also be on Twitter. So the live show will be on Twitter via Periscope. Nice. Um, I'll set up a, a commercial for Instagram, so everybody you can check that out tomorrow as well. And really, just follow, subscribe. I plan to do this show every night until this is over, or in case. Uh, <laughs> Something else happens, man. 365 episodes later. I'll be like, uh, my hair will be down to here. All my beard will be like down here. I'm like, tonight, episode 364, we're bringing Mike Ritland. What is that what his name is? Mike, Mike, Mike Rit. Something. I don't know, man. We're going to talk about it. Let's spin the wheel. See what we're going to talk about. (laughs) That'll get a wheel behind me, man. Okay, guys. Have a great night tonight. Um, you can, and and by the way, everybody in America, you can never have enough ammo. Just tell right. that. Never have enough ammo. Guys, I'm going to end the broadcast, and I appreciate it. All right. Take care.
Hold on, there we go. 